2: Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready
1: teak, and quick-dry foam cushions.
3: Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of Food Network Obsessed, the podcast where we dish on all things Food Network with your favorite Food Network talent. I'm your host, Jamie Sire, and I hope you guys are ready because we have one of my favorites on the podcast today. You may know her from her signature platinum blonde hair or as the red team leader on Worst Cooks in America, which she has been for the past 21 seasons today we are talking to ann burrell but before i get to my interview with ann wanted to share with you guys what i did this past weekend and more importantly what i ate my boyfriend justin and i had a chance to go up to urban cowboy lodge up in the catskills it was snowing it was like this perfect winter wonderland and um just got to kind of create some images for the hotel and they just recently launched their food program. Their new chef is Damien Frankie. Uh, he previously worked at Trout. Uh, a resort upstate as well and also at La Conda Verde in New York City and I'm so excited about what they are doing up there you guys. I have to tell you about this chicken sandwich that I had I am a sucker for a fried chicken sandwich if I see that on a menu I am most likely ordering it but this one was really special so the chicken is brined in pickle juice which I love in fact I have a container of pickle juice in my fridge right now that Justin almost threw out and I freaked out at him I was like no 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 I need that and he's like why is there a pickle juice container in here with no pickles. And I said, I'm saving it for a chicken brine. Anyways, this chicken sandwich is brined in pickle juice. It has this whole grain mustard aioli, big fat pickles, almost bordering on too thick. But I actually love getting like a big bite of pickle with that crispy fried chicken. Oh, and it's also served on a potato sesame seed bun, which is like one of my favorite, you know, buns, I guess. Can you have a favorite bun? I do. It is a perfect bite. And it was just, I mean, obviously, I'm just drooling over it, thinking about it again. But um, everything that we tried was really fantastic. Um, they are starting their indoor dining this weekend for guests only. And hopefully in the future, um, you can make a reservation even if you are not staying at the lodge. Um, the schnitzel is really good as well. I, can you tell I like fried uh, fried proteins? <laughs> Anyways, it was it was a wonderful little, Um, escape, little getaway from the city, uh, a nice way to refresh as well. And I know Anne Burrell is a fan of all things upstate as well. She spent quarantine up there. So let's dive into my interview with Anne. And welcome to the pod. I am so pumped to be reunited with you. Um, uh, for our listeners who don't know, we first met on the set of Beat Bobby Flay. Uh, we instantly hit it off over our love of cats and sports. Uh, we had grand plans of going to a Rangers game together, but, you know, COVID kind of put a damper on that. So I'm just putting it out there on the record. Uh, we need to get a redo of that of that Rangers game at some
1: point, you know, down the road in the future. Are, are you game for that? Absolutely. And I'm so bummed that I've not gotten to see any Rangers games thus far this season. I know. I'm like, I can't wait till uh, hockey really comes back to you be, being able to see it in person. I miss it. Uh, well, I was checking
3: out, you know, your social media and I, I noticed um, that, you know, in your bio across all of your, your socials, it says you are a spreader of sparkles and smiles and a perpetual optimist. <laughs> uh, having met you in person, I can a- attest to that. And I also noticed that you You always are showing your gratitude, you know, with your work, your life, you always have hashtag lucky girl and love what I do and all of your posts, your energy is truly infectious. So I'm, I'm wondering where that sense of perpetual optimism comes from.
1: Well, I mean, I think it started a bunch of years ago when I actually truly decided like what my career path would be. And I mean, it all started with an epiphany one day when I was 23 years old and I was walking and I remember every single thing about the moment, like what I was wearing, what I'm doing, what time it was, what the sky looked like. And it was just, uh, I was like, I decided to go to culinary school and ever since then I have never looked back like yes of course like everyone I've had career ups and downs but never have I ever been in doubt of where my career was taking me or that and so I feel so lucky to be able to make a living at what is my passion and then on top of that be able to share it with so many people you know, like when I see the worst cooks coming into boot camp and they really are the worst cooks, <laughs> but then you see the journey that they take. And I take this journey with them every single time, every season to see how much better they get and how much better they feel when they're in the kitchen and all of that. Like it truly makes me um, love what I do even more and feel like a, a truly lucky girl that I get to share it with people.
2: Cool fact a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com.
0: This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation.
3: Amazing. And I'm so glad you brought up uh, Worst Cooks in America. 21st season streaming now on Discovery Plus. Uh, when you're watching it, I mean, it's something that you just you can't look away from. Uh, I'll, I'll put it that way. <laughs> a lot of mistakes happening, but a lot of learning happening as well. But they really do seem to struggle in the kitchen, especially early on to the point that it is it's a comedy, you know, at some points. But tell us the honest truth. Like, are, th- are they really that bad when when they show up? Oh, my
1: gosh. <laughs> yes, yes. They really are that bad. And I mean, it's sort of like when when people stop me on the street or whatever, it's the number one question people always ask me. And I'm like, oh, no, we don't have to fake any of that. (laughs) And it is comical, but... To me, it's comical in a way that like these people know that they are bad and (laughs) come to boot camp to to get better. It's kind of like get better by sort of tough love torture almost. Um, But what we ask them to do is incredibly difficult. But you see these people really put their heads down and and get better. But I mean, the stuff that I have seen people do to food in boot camp. Oh, my gosh. And it's also one of my very favorite things on the first day of a new season when I have a new co-host and like they really, I mean, I can try to explain it to them, but they really have no idea just how bad it is until they get in there and see it with their own eyes. And they're just like, oh my gosh. And they look at me, every single host does this and looks at me and says, And what have you gotten me into? (laughs) So I'm I'm always like, please still be my friend after this. And do you need a hug? (laughs) Well, speaking of your your co-host this season, Carla
3: Hall, she joins the show. I I actually love watching both of you together because she also has an infectious personality. And to your point, like your guys's reactions throughout
1: the season are hilarious. Uh, What was it like working with her? Well, Carla is just... Delightful. I mean, she's fine. She's kooky um, and she gets the teaching part of it where it's not. Yeah, we do all of the games and that kind of stuff, which are fun. But all of the games always have a purpose, um, like a teaching purpose to them. So it's sort of what I kind of like to describe as passive aggressively teaching people that, oh, they're having fun, but they're also like learning a little bit of something as well. And, um, you know, Carla is just so delightful and she really got into the games and everything as well. And she is a really good teacher. And I mean, she's just fun. So we had a great time together. It definitely showed uh, on screen and at home as
3: as you're watching it. Uh, You're a great teacher as well, though, and you've mentored a lot of winning contestants from from worst place to first place. (laughs) So what's your secret to, to getting these
1: contestants to the top? Stop. Well, I mean, I I sort of go at it with a two pronged approach is one, you know, people sometimes are like, oh, my gosh, chef, Anne's so scary. And (laughs) she's really tough. And it's like, yes, I am. Because I truly believe in my heart that these people can do this. And yes, I am tough. But I also care so much about seeing people do better. And it's like, I realize that everything that we ask to do, you know, to be away from their families and, and in you know, in times of shooting and COVID, they had to be away for an extra two weeks to quarantine Mm -hmm. and, you know, the whole thing is a super stressful environment with very long days. So I, it's my mission to make sure that these people get the very most out of it that they possibly can. And then on the flip side, when I'm teaching, I really truly try to teach people the why we do things and to connect the dots. So it's not just teaching recipes. It's actually really teaching cooking techniques. Um, And I take things for, at least in the initial um, time when I'm teaching people, I take things out of cooking terms Mm. because people don't understand that. Like if people ask me to go to their job and do their job in that vernacular, I would have no idea. Uh, how to even get started. So I try to explain what we're doing, why we're doing it, and then put the name to it so they can be like, oh, all right, I get it. And it usually takes a few times of explaining the same thing over (laughs) and over. You have to have a lot of patience. But it's also then when I see people have what I like to call the light bulb (laughs) moment, which is when they use the information that I've taught them all by themselves it makes me feel like a proud mama and i'm just like oh look at my little baby birds and then i can eventually push them out of the nest and see them fly Ah, I love that. I'm
3: sure it's rewarding for like both sides for you and for them. And um, I, I can only imagine just, you know, the the skills and the knowledge that they they take away from being on a season of the show for anyone out there listening that maybe feels like they are a horrible cook. Where would you suggest they start as far as like trying to develop some of those skills you're talking about?
1: Well, it's really funny because whenever I ask people that are recruits on Worst Cooks, I'm like, well, what happens when you try to follow a recipe? And they look at me like I'm absolutely bonkers, which we all know I am. (laughs) But but, um, they look at me like, what do you mean a recipe? And I just think, I look back at them and I'm like, what do you mean, what do you mean? I mean, like, if I know I don't know how to do something or to go somewhere, I find directions. Like, so we have to think of a recipe is a set of directions on how to make a dish. So, I mean, I tell people, If you want to make a roasted chicken, for instance, Google, how do I roast a chicken? I mean, there is a lot of information out there on how to roast a chicken or any recipe. Um, And so find the recipe read it before you start because there's always like you know and sometimes in recipes where you'll just like read the ingredients and you're like I got this and then you get through and you're like okay now put the short ribs in the oven for three hours and you're like three hours dinner's supposed to be in 20 minutes you know kind <laughs> of stuff so like read the recipe so you have a good understanding of where you're going before you start um, get out all of your ingredients and make Sure you have enough of everything Don't assume that you have Like you know oh I've got Breadcrumbs and then you open the container of Breadcrumbs and you have a quarter of A cup in there and you need like three cups Or something Uh, because then people start To get creative and it's like huh I wonder If I can substitute bread for breadcrumbs Or uh, I wonder if Powdered sugar would work instead of regular Sugar and it's like no 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 (laughs) So it's like get out all Of your ingredients make sure you have enough Of everything and then do all your prep work first, like, you know, cut all your onions or do whatever you need to do to get all of that done before you start cooking so then you can kind of clean as you go you keep things uncluttered and then you can just use all of your your mise en place or your prep work that you have and it makes cooking so much more enjoyable and it's not like this frantic (laughs) oh my god what am i doing next you know kind of stuff Um, and then you can go along in a nice easy way and you don't finish and your kitchen is a disaster And you know a pile of Dishes in your sink and you're like I thought Cooking at home was supposed to be you know Relaxing and easier (laughs) Um, And if you cook like that It won't be but if you cook you know What I call the mise en place method Like do all your prep work and all that stuff First and then start cooking It's so much more just I mean that's how I have to do It Um, and I Can't stand a dirty or a messy Cluttered area because it makes My mind cluttered so So, you know, just do those like few basic steps. And it's like, it's so funny because when I was a kid and cooking, my mom used to tell me all of that and I would never really do it. And then things would run amok obviously and so every time i say that i'm like oh my mother's i love her to death but ah, oh, she's always right she was
3: right i know that's the worst <laughs> thing when you have to admit that ah mom was right, right. our mom's <laughs> always right uh you've mentored every season of worst cooks i'm i'm curious if you have a
1: favorite like all-time favorite memory from the show Oh my gosh, there are so many. Um, I mean, just when I see people doing, you know, like using the information that I've taught them is always so amazing to me. There was one winner actually a few years ago, this woman named Hazel, and um, she was a single mom and she was uh, starting to, like, right after she finished Worst Cooks, like a couple of days afterwards, she was moving her whole family to Binghamton, New York to um, start her master's degree in social work and you know like times were really tough for her but since then she finished her master's degree she's now a social worker she's written a book she's gone on to be like successful in her life and you know I hear from her periodically like you know along the holidays or something and um, just you know it's so nice that people keep in touch with me Um, and I've heard from a lot of of uh recruits over the you know Of course of Quarantining and stuff um, You know Celebrities and regular people Civilians we call them um, Celebrities and civilians alike Saying Oh my gosh Thank God I did worse cooks Because now During this time When no one can go anywhere <laughs> I can cook at home And it's it's really um That just That is the reason That um I love The show so much Because yes It's silly It's goofy People start off terribly Um Um, But they get better and it really changes lives like it's they take, you know, what they've learned back to their families and their kids. And so then they create those memories for their families and they get the joy that I feel when I cook for other people. So those I mean, all of those reasons are, are reasons that I love Worse Cooks so much.
3: I love hearing those kind of stories. And I would love to hear, you know, your story, because we see these people, you know, finding their interest in cooking throughout the show. Where did your love of cooking begin?
1: Well, it started when I was a kid um, My mom swears That because of Julia Child I was, um, that's why I became A chef, I mean, when I was when I was Three, I went to my mom and said Mom, I have a friend named Julie, and she said You do? Who? And I said Julie Child, I watch her every day On TV, so <laughs> I feel Like if I can do that for Even one kid, I've Like, I've won, so, and my mom Was also a great cook, and I grew up In a little tiny town in Upstate New York And we had a big garden And you know My mom would be like Alright go outside And pick lettuce for dinner Or dig up potatoes Or that kind of stuff And I always loved cooking Because it was like An arts and crafts project With something to eat At the end um, and, and I just loved Also I loved Still to this day The hospitality aspect of it I love setting a beautiful table I love seeing people When they first start eating And I always say Comedians work work for the laughs but chefs work for the head bobs because it's like when people eat something they like they're like "Mm." (laughs) they're they're head bobs and so even from a distance like when I was working in restaurants and stuff you could see when people like stuff because you get the head bob or the first you know five or ten minutes of dinner is quiet because everyone's eating I'm like yes yes Um, you know that's a good sign (laughs) right I always say that as a chef um, I'm a professional pleasure provider and I (laughs) (laughs)
3: I love that too. You you mentioned, you know, uh, you know, growing up upstate New York and and then I know you studied in Italy as well. How did that experience kind of also set that foundation for what we see now?
1: You know, growing up in a tiny little town, I didn't have exposure to so many like different types of food and that kind of stuff. So I knew when I was graduating from culinary school that it was really important to travel and to learn everything I could about cultures and food through traveling. So I graduated from the Culinary Institute of America in Hyde Park, Mm -hmm. and I found this school program to go to Italy for a year. So it was, three months of school and then I spent the rest of the year working in restaurants for free in Umbria, Tuscany, and Liguria. Um, I mean, like, we took it out in trade. They had to house me and feed me, but I worked for them. But really, when I I went to Italy. I mean, being from outside of Syracuse, New York, to me, Italian food was like chicken parm or <laughs> something like that. And, you know, like I remember uh, one time as a kid, my dad took us to this restaurant and he was like, now, kids, this is a really fancy restaurant. It's called an, a ristorante. The, the salad that we're going to have before we eat is called an antipasto. Oh. <laughs> and, it like, and it was like just a, you know, like a red sauce kind of place. And so, when I got to Italy I was like oh my gosh this food is nothing that I know of Italian food and I love it so much more than I ever knew that I could and it was just you know the simplicity of it the pristine ingredients the seasonality of it the the cooking techniques about you know like Uh, Rustic Italian food to me Is not easy to do well Because there's really no place To hide Mm -hmm. and it's like If your ingredients and your cooking techniques Aren't on point It's a glaring mistake And to me that was just Thrilling Um, and it's just The you know and sometimes People think that rustic Is another word for sloppy And I'm like oh no 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 (laughs) If that's what you think you just don't get it Um, So I love to do rustic Italian food because to me it's so soulful that's where you know like the soul in the food comes from
3: I love that is there a specific dish that you you like that brings you back to that time
1: in Italy where you're like that is where I fell in love with this cuisine oh my gosh I mean like I had a million of those but it all came wildly into focus for me was when I was working at this little tiny restaurant in Tuscany and it was a 30 seat restaurant in a town of 60 people so it was like out in the middle of nowhere like surrounded by olive groves and vineyards and stuff and um, we had been working there for a while it was a husband and wife that ran the restaurant and the wife was the chef and the husband ran the dining room and he was a Nutty, nutty Tuscan man, um, but we'd been there for a while, and so we were thinking, all right, let's move on to another place to to see a different kind of food and whatever. And they kept saying like, aspettalolio nuovo, like wait for the new oil. And I'm like, the new oil? What the hell is this all about? Like the new oil. <laughs> so um, the day that the frantoio opened, which is the olive press in the little town. I mean, all that was in the town was clearly a church. Every town in Italy has a. Church. Mm-hmm. a cafe to get coffee and this restaurant and an olive press. So we went to the, the front oil the day it opened, and we had we brought bread that we burned with us on the fire in the restaurant and walked across town, which was like across the street, like <laughs> 10, 10 feet away. And um, right as freshly pressed Tuscan olive oil was coming out of the centrifuge, we tasted it on this warm bread and you could feel it just going down the side of your face. And it was such a beautiful, pristine flavor. And it's like, you could feel thousands of years of history and just the delightfulness of it. And I was like, all right, I get it now. I get what the Italian food, um, just feel and the soul is about it.
3: Uh, I mean, you painted such a beautiful picture. I felt like I was right there with you in Italy. And I know that um, you kind of went back to your roots uh, at the beginning of quarantine and you went upstate. You're with your family, with a, a big group of people. What
1: What was that experience like? <laughs> well, yes, it was a big group of people. It was um, myself, my now fiancé. Yes. We actually got engaged when we were up there, which was very exciting. Um, my fiancé's son, my mom who lives up there, my sister who lives up there, her three children and her boyfriend. So there was nine of us all together. Wow. Um, yes. And it was it was quite an experience because um, there were four teenagers and I have not lived <laughs> with a teenager since I was one. So that was a little eye opening. And my two nieces who are in high school decided that that was going to be the time that they were going to go vegan. Mm. And I'm like, oh, great. Great. Super. And my mom is gluten free. So oh, wow. to cook dinner every night for nine of us with uh, a couple of special diets in a tiny town that doesn't have access to, you know, like my big trip every day was like, okay, I get to go to the grocery store and we have two grocery stores in town. Um, and I was like, Hmm, should I go to Aldi or tops tops <laughs> or Aldi? Or if it was a big day, I'd go to both. Oh. Everyone was like, do you want me to go with you? And I'm like, no, no, (laughs) this is my alone time.
3: That was your time.
1: Uh, uh, By the way, congratulations
3: on the engagement. Um, Thank you. I heard that uh, you guys met on Bumble and he did
0: not
1: know you were a chef. So what was his reaction when he found out? (laughs) Well, so yes, we did meet on Bumble. um, And I mean, Stuart had known that I was a chef because I had that in my profile, Mm. but um, he did not really know like, About the whole Food Network thing, Mm. and he didn't know that you know I was like sort of a a celebrity chef, I guess, and so that was a little eye opening to him. But um, I mean, he was like, "Oh, oh, wow, all right, Um, okay, that's (laughs) what this is all about." And you know, in our first couple of dates, you know, when we were out walking along the street, and you know, people would stop and ask for a picture, and he was like, "Oh." Wow! All right, this is really what this is all about, and I was like, "Well, you know, I was kind of trying to tell you, but you know, you don't want to sound no, like, yeah. like, oh well, you know, I'm this famous person, blah blah blah, you know, like kind of stuff." I was like, um, "He'll he'll suss that out himself," um, and so he gets it. But it's it's funny because he always talks about like he's like to me, you're just Anne, Aww, and so of then you know it goes from Anne to like. You know, then to work mode where it's Ann Burrell, <laughs> that kind of stuff. And, and I know
3: on Bumble, the girl has to make the, f- the first move, right? So wh- what
1: drew you to him initially
3: and what was your opening line?
1: <laughs> well, um, my, what drew me to him, A, was that he's very cute mm. um, and uh, he didn't have that many pictures. He only had three pictures, but he had a really friendly smile. And then it said that he was brilliant. And I was like, oh, (laughs) right there. I am a little bit of an Anglophile, I will say. And he said, um, also, I'm the father of a wonderful, I think Javi was 13 at the time or something. Um, And I was like, oh, he just seems really nice. And and I was like, ooh, and he's age appropriate, so there we go, perfect. <laughs> um, and so, my opening line was, "Hi," um, with a lot of exc- a lot of <laughs> eyes and a lot of exclamation points. Nice to meet ish you. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess that was the line that did it. All right. <laughs> uh, well, I mean, here we are.
3: You you're now engaged. Um, and right? and, yeah. You know, I, I mean, that's it's a modern day love story. So I, I love hearing all that. I met my boyfriend on Instagram. So basically the same thing.
1: <laughs> right. You know, and I like to call Stuart my prince charming. Oh, really
3: That's so sweet. Right. Um, but I do understand that, that you have more than just one love to your life. Uh, <laughs> your your cats. We, we talked about. <laughs> Oh, I thought one. you were gonna say the Rangers. Oh uh, well, <laughs> that too. That too.
1: Right. Um, no, I was talking about your cats, uh, Marsha um, and Nancy, right? Marsha and Nancy. Yes, their their full names are Nutty Nancy, Crazy Pants, <laughs> and uh, Masha, Masha, Masha. Uh, and they really do both live up to their names, really. <laughs> but they're they are Maine Coon cats, which I guess has sort of become the the official cat breed of the Food Network. Yes. Um, I got Nancy and Bobby Flay, and I were doing a season of Worst Cooks together. And I showed him a picture of Nancy, and he was like, Oh my God, I've been wanting a cat. And he'd been wanting a cat for a long time. So um, I put him in touch with the breeder, and that's where he got Nacho from. Oh. Um, and he. he so he like, copied you. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but I, I mean, but he always gives me props for that. And he's like, you know, you connected me with one of the best things in my life, which which are my cats. So and Maine Coons are just I mean, they're so fun and entertaining and lovely and huge. And yes, there's I spend my life attached to a lint roller, but it's all (laughs) worth it. (laughs) Um, It is. I'm a cat person as well, so I can relate.
3: I feel like I'm turning this into a a cat podcast because I feel like I ask every guest about their cats, but um, I always, but I do love hearing about it. And I love, I love to know that um, you know, Anne Burrell was first and Nacho Flay is, is in this world because uh, of Anne Burrell So
1: right. Exactly. (laughs) But no, but Bobby's always very good at giving props about that.
3: (laughs) Yes. Yes. Uh, Well, this has been so much fun. Um, Before I let you go, we always ask our guests the same question at the very end of our podcast interviews. uh, What would be on your menu for your perfect food day? So we're talking breakfast, lunch, dinner, dinner and dessert. You can, there's basically no rules. You can time travel. You can spend however much money you want. You can be served by another chef. You can cook your own meals
1: or some of your, I mean, basically there's no rules. Wow. All right. This is, this is a toughie. Um, let's see for breakfast. Um, and so, you know, because we're just imagining all this and, um, so I'm going to go big here. Mm. We're not, the, the calories aren't real. No, 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 no. So, um, I would start off breakfast with a pan au chocolat, Mm. like a chocolate filled croissant. And then I would have like um, a very lovely French rolled omelet with um, some Gruyere cheese Mm. in there and maybe some asparagus. Yum. And clearly then I would have like, you know, big fat bacon sausage and all that stuff on the side, (laughs) which is not part of the French petite déjeuner. That's That's the... Big, that's the big girl, that's the American Um, side. Come in, and (laughs) yes, but I love a lovely French rolled omelette, um, fresh squeezed orange juice, Mm. maybe with a little um shot of something, um, you know, fun in there, like champagne or vodka. Oh, yeah, um, (laughs) maybe both, right? (laughs) Um, and then for lunch, I would have the most perfect. BLT sandwich um with like juicy summer tomatoes that you can sort of still feel the the sun on Mm. and really cold iceberg lettuce the perfectly crisped bacon you know that's like crunchy but not too crunchy Mm -hmm. and bread that's toasted that is crunchy but still pliable so you don't tear up the inside of your mouth (laughs) um and that would be accompanied by um perfectly done french fries mm. like perfect frites and accompanied by a chili Sancerre um, a little chili white wine in there and then for dinner we would take a trip to Italy so either Piedmont or Tuscany maybe Piedmont so we could have some of those a lot of those really delicious wines from there Barolo yes. Barbaresco but you know Tuscany has some amazing wines as well so either one of those places wouldn't be bad for me and we would start off with like several antipasti courses of whatever was in season um, then we would go into our pasta courses which I would love um, some agnolotti del plin, very classic piumontese Piemonte, uh, tiny little ravioli that are filled with a mixture of like chicken and rabbit and pork and, oh. um, and bound together with a little bit of rice and then in a butter and sage sauce with um, shaved white truffles and then we would go into if we were in Tuscany we would be having one of my favorite pasta shapes ever which would be peachy pasta which are really thick chewy ropes of pasta with a really lovely big ragu like whether it's like a lamb or a wild boar even just a straight up beef ragu all of that Um, and perfectly fair with Tuscan olive oil and Parmesan cheese. And then, honestly, for... For the secondi of that, I don't even know, like just something super yummy and delicious. Maybe we'd have a fish course of uh, pesce all aquapazza. So Mm. it's like fish in crazy water. And then maybe, I don't know, like some porchetta or something. I don't know, something very classic Italian. And then we would finish it up with probably a really lovely like olive oil cake or um, and I haven't had it in years and I should I always think to make in the summer and I never really do but which is very simple which is called Macedonia which is it's like Italian fruit cocktail so it's like all kinds of like seasonal fruit soaked in a very juicy it's almost like in its own water really uh, but uh, a lemon simple syrup and then with a little scoop of lemon sorbet or gelato in there so it's like juicy and it's fresh and it's cold and it's so delicious. Wow, um, I am like floored right now. I'm, I need to like wipe up all
3: of the drool off of my computer keyboard <laughs> because that was that was probably the most like thoughtful and complete and just. Elaborate answer that we've ever received for that question, so um, oh good, yeah, okay. I think that's a perfect way to to go out on this interview but uh wow that was that was incredible i, I I'm in awe,
1: oh actually, you know what <laughs> for dessert, I would have um like cake okay. like birthday cake oh, you know? like, like a classic from scratch yeah from scratch yellow cake mm. with a nice thick like chocolate buttercream all over it and uh, yeah maybe even some sprinkles on the outside yeah but, why like, not i love a, like a really moist from scratch cake and you never really find those anywhere uh but I love them.
3: Oh, my gosh. Well, I love everything that you just said. So I, I have to figure it out now what I'm going to eat for dinner that will even try to compete with any of those dishes that you <laughs> described. But uh, thank you so much again for taking the time. I know you're a, a very busy lady, but so much enjoyed uh, talking to you about all of your projects and, and your time in Italy. And obviously your, your perfect food day, which is now going to be a goal of mine. So uh, until we can attend a Rangers game together, I will say uh, goodbye and Thank you so much for joining us.
1: Oh, this was a delightful conversation, Jamie. Thanks so much for having me. And yes, I promise sooner rather than later, we will do that Rangers game. We will do it. All right. (laughs) Mark it on the calendar.
3: Uh, Anne Burrell, always a delight Loved hearing, uh, I loved hearing The story about her cats And how they kind of led to uh, The existence of Nacho Flay and the Food Network family Um, I I was transported to Italy during both her her talk about that and her favorite food day, which she just painted this gorgeous picture of food for a few minutes. I was just in awe and I cannot wait to travel again. Um, I've been to Italy, but it has been way too long. So I definitely need to get back there as well. Of course, you can catch new episodes of Worst Cooks in America Sunday nights at 9, 8 central on Food Network and streaming now on Discovery Plus. And of course, you can see more from her adorable cats and incredible life and her hashtagging on instagram at chef Anne burrell if you enjoyed this week's episode please leave us a five-star rating and review if you haven't already please subscribe and as always thank you so much for listening we will catch you foodies next friday for another episode of food network obsessed
2: with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at Bolandbranch.com. Code Buttery. Exclusions apply. See Site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.